Welcome to episode number 121. Take him with you for May 29th, 2011. And here we are once again with another great podcast just for you. So today on the podcast, we have all sorts of really fun things to talk about. Uh, I've been creating pirate music. We'll talk about that. Amy, you've planned a barbecue we're going to talk about? Yeah. And then uh, have a new keyboard and an iPad stand that my son made me, which is kind of cool. We'll talk uh, about a little bit about that. He didn't make the keyboard, but he made a keyboard stand. Well, we'll talk about iPad that. It's not the time to talk about that. Oh, okay. And, then, yeah. and then we're going to uh, talk about the season finale of american idol that's why we're playing the song mm-hmm. i followed it more than you did Catherine and i are the big american idol fans but you've watched some of it yeah so we'll be talking about that and then today is a special memorial day podcast we're taking a break from mysteries of the bible we'll be back next week with that but um what we're going to do today is talk about remembering on taking with you Attention, attention, it's finally here, the first and only podcast dedicated to one of the most groundbreaking television series in history, MASH. Join the hosts of MASH 4077 Podcast, Kenny, Meds, and Al, as they discuss their thoughts episode by episode. They will also share with you some little-known behind-the-scenes information, trivia, and so much more. Find them on iTunes by searching MASH 4077 Podcast or online at www.mash4077.podbean.com. I didn't do anything. What did you do? Nothing. You're the bad one between the two of us. that is true. (laughs) I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And we're the socially functional co-hosts of Anomaly. The podcast with a unique perspective, a female perspective on all things geek. Star Trek. Star Wars. Lord of the Rings. Buffy. Firefly. Gaming. Books. Costuming. And general geek topics. The sometimes monthly, but always entertaining, Anomaly Podcast. Anomalypodcast.com Okay, it's time to find out what's happening at our house, at the Moyers Abode. again another week has passed since you heard one of our podcasts unless they're like me and like listen to several of them in a row from older ones you think people i bet people do that all the time i do that i'll like listen to five episodes of women talk sci-fi or something while i'm 
recording or working, <laughs> not recording. You do the recording. I do the other stuff. The other stuff. The other stuff. Sorry, I was getting my iPad. Yeah. Because every week now I've been doing some demonstrations, you know. Oh, okay, yeah. So you're going to show them a little demonstration of a pirate song that you wrote. Well, aren't you? way to ruin it. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought that was what was in our notes. You're not supposed to talk how we do we, we Okay, we have notes, everybody. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes we don't, but most of the time we do. Yeah, I did some uh, I did some work for a company in Spain who are doing this really cool um, uh, software package. I can't say a whole lot about it, but uh, anyway, I worked on some music for them on the iPad. Mm-hmm. And on my keyboards and stuff, too. So that was kind of fun this week. Yep, and I listened to podcasts and audiobooks while I worked um, cleaning houses and doing yard work. Yeah. Yeah. So here's one of the pirate songs. Is that cool or what? It is. I feel like I'm in a... Fancy movie or something. A fancy movie? Just a fancy movie? Well, or? you know, like in a movie theater in a in a high high um budget pirate film. Alright. Here's it here's another one. Does that sound like you were in a pirate movie? Yeah, but I like the first one better. Yeah, well, I'm not going to play the actual one that they picked, but they picked a different one. Oh, really? Yeah. No, I can't really play it. It's theirs. They own it. Oh. Okay. I made it and then sold it to them. Yeah. So I can't really play that. But I did I did make a, a fun Star Trek song this last week. Yeah? Yeah. Do you remember the... Um, I like really like The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. I know Star that. Star Trek. Uh-huh. Did you know that? I did know that. Season one had a, an episode where... Captain Jean-Luc Picard, mm-hmm. he falls in love. Well, he fell in love a long time ago with this girl named Janice. But when he was supposed to meet her in Paris, France, overlooking the Eiffel Tower, and they were supposed to talk about their future, he left her standing there and then joined or got into something about Starfleet, got assigned, or I can't remember if he joined Starfleet or how it worked, but he left her standing there. And chose his career above Janice. Which is a good thing for you because then you got to watch lots of Star Trek episodes with Captain Picard. Honey, yeah. it's all made up. I know that. But do you know what else? But they, I hope this is about the same thing because I'm getting to the point of the conversation. Oh, okay. Get to your point and then I'll tell you my other fact about first season of Next Generation. Okay. So, so anyway... This lady shows up in an episode of The Next Generation married to a scientist who's experiencing time bubble warp problems. I remember. And so when Jean-Luc meets her, she's wearing this really outrageous sci-fi outfit that's all like silver and poofy. Yeah, I didn't remember that part, but you informed me. And so I wrote a song about... That encounter with the lady with the silver poofy pants. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to play the song right now. Okay. And we'll be back in just a moment. Here's Silver Poofy Pants by me. Mm-hmm. You'll see the poofy pants. 
This is Captain. This is the captain of the USS Enterprise, responding to your call for help. Enterprise, thank you. Where are you? Okay. <laughs> anyway, you, you know, if you haven't seen the episode, it probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it was fun. Yeah. You know, I, okay, I got to dazzle you. With oh, by my... the way, I did that on my iPad, by the way, except oh. for the vocals. Okay. Okay, go ahead. And my um, Star Trek vast knowledge of Star Trek um, factoid for this week was that I was listening to Women Talk Sci Fi podcast mm. and got to hear them interview Denise Crosby. Who was who Tasha is, Yar? Who is Tasha Yar? The security officer the on the Star Trek. Of Bing Crosby. Blah, 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 and blah. they interviewed her when she was at a um, convention, sci-fi convention. How cool! And um, and a fact they might not know. Who's they? Um, the ladies, um, Eugenia and. Um, you don't know their names. Oh, no, you listen I can't to them believe, every week. I I can't believe I'm. I'm messing up their names. Jerry, isn't it? Jerry and Eugene. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah, okay. Um, the fact they might not know is that Bing Crosby's family is from Washington State. His parents lived um, probably about an hour from where we lived, his his either parents or grandparents, and he grew up in Washington State also. That's cool. And isn't it yeah. also true... That because we grow so many awesome cherries here, they named Bing cherries after Bing Crosby? I have no idea. No, I completely made that up. Or maybe they named Bing Crosby after Bing cherries. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> but we have really good Bing cherries, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he would have been born nowadays, they would have called him, because of the internet and everything, they would have called him Ping Crosby. Ping. Hmm. You know how they ping uh, yeah. people on the internet? and yeah. You know another another thing that they've had on the news. He had a brother about, named Pong. <laughs> talking about Ping the, and Pong. Talking about the internet. Ping Pong Crosby. That there have been people that have named their children, like in Egypt, someone named their child Facebook. 
your I'm your, hitting the piano on, on accident. I, th- I was like, who's revving their car? It was me. Yeah. Okay, so now named people after what? Um, What'd you say? A, a baby in Egypt was named Facebook. Really? Yeah. Huh. Because Facebook was um, attributed to the revolution in Egypt. Uh, and, the, and the brother they named Twitter? I don't know about that. But and there, there the, not, the not so Facebook loved and dejected name. child they named MySpace. Oh, wow. <laughs> You know, oh, sorry, that's funny. And I've I've probably said this that's before, but it's kind of an odd thing. As techie as you are, yeah. I had a Facebook account before you did. Yeah, I know. You actually are the one that got me to get a Facebook account, and now I don't understand why I never had one before. Yeah, well... Because I like Facebook. I think it's because our, our oldest son explained it to us this way. Facebook first came out as just like a service for college students. Yeah, and we're not college students. And we're not college students. But then in the last few years, it's kind of expanded and grown into, you know, even things that old people and younger people. Old, and, even people like us old people. Well, hey, let's turn on this computer. What's this? A keyboard? <laughs> well, considering we were in college 25 years ago. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> A long time ago, I had computers in college. Have, I had com- I went to computer programming class. I had computer. I am pro- the operator of my pocket calculator. I had a computer programming Wait, class me, in me. high school. Computer world. But we only had two Radio Shack handy computers for uh-huh. the fifteen kids in our class. Wow. And we didn't have a single floppy drive or disk drive. What we had was Cassette one. Tape. One cassette tape player that yeah. you had to buy your own metallic cassette tape yeah. to to save your programs. We on. had we had Apple two E's at Hoquim High School. Well, you guys were in the fancy. Oh man, fancy talk stuff. about green monotone monochrome spe- uh, uh, monochromatic. The the uh, the monitors uh-huh. and and we had five and a half inch floppy disks. See that was that was wow. fancy, and we got stuff. our own floppy disk when I, we went I to the class. I grew up in a in a little small hick town, and you grew up in a can't remember how many k of RAM we had. A medium sized small hick town, right? So yeah, you had fancier things than we had in Raymond. Well, it was pretty fun because I really enjoyed my computer class. How do we get on computers? What do we? You know, we're just random sometimes. I guess we are, but let's talk a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Um, for everybody, this is our Memorial Day special, so we're mm-hmm. actually going to have, um, we're actually celebrating tomorrow Memorial Day here in the United States, and um, it's a, basically, we'll talk about what it is here in a moment, but um, basically you're going to have some people over on Monday, and we're going to make barbecued hamburgers. Mm-hmm. What else are we having? Um, baked beans. Uh-oh. It's going to be explosive, everyone. Uh, and potato chips. I'm sure we'll have a great gas out of this whole and, thing. And um, my daughter-in-law's mom, my son's mother-in-law's bringing over coleslaw. Maybe even after we're done with dinner, we could go over to Walfart. Oh, that's Walmart. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, and if I have time, I might make some deviled eggs and... <sighs> Of course, Evil devil of course, my oldest son would not think it's a proper summer barbecue without without Rice Krispie treats. Oh gosh, they're so good for us. Oh, I know. But Snap, he, crackle, gain weight. 
Yeah, with the whole Cuba butter and the oh, bag of marshmallow treats uh, or marshmallow sugar, fat, and carbs. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that should be fun. Mm-hmm. Guess what? What? My son Andrew built me a keyboard stand. I had my, one of my keyboards go out on me. One um, of the keys went out. You actually have two keyboards that both have keys that weren't working yeah well that's what happens when you have i use my equipment a lot Mm -hmm. and anyway i I checked into getting one of the keyboards fixed and Mm -hmm. to fix one key it was more expensive to fix one key than to order a thing called a midi controller and for those people that aren't musicians and you don't know what that is a midi controller is basically um, the instrument without sounds in it that controls another instrument that has the sounds in it through your computer and so what this is is an 88 key keyboard Mm -hmm. which is bigger than your other ones. it's bigger than the other ones that i plug into my keyboard that quit working the one key and now it plays all of the sounds on 88 keys which is just fantastic now were you able to get the digital grand your old baby digital grand were you able to get that midied with the new um, keyboard i real i i could not for the life of me figure out how to do that and then i remembered back in my old midi days mm-hmm. that i had bought a pocket midi um, adapter for a hundred dollars way back when it was expensive back then mm-hmm. um, but i have that and i need to get that out and what it does is it's basically a midi cable splitter so that i can have okay so, so okay this is really geeky and nobody's probably really going to enjoy this but i'm going to say it anyway the way that midi works is it sends information from the key when you play it into mm-hmm. the computer mm-hmm. and then and then can play that particular sound timber what they're called timbers the sounds timbre or something isn't Tim, it isn't well i call it timber for word. sound i think mm-hmm. anyway um it plays that and the way it works is you have to go, there's in and out on the back of the keyboard on the midi cables mm-hmm. and on this particular new one there's just out so here's how it works out to in in to out and through to in Okay, now here's the deal, though. Unless you have all your your MIDI channels programmed on your keyboards, you can't play all three of them with the same sound unless you get a splitter so that your output on your main keyboard can be split to go to the input on both of the other keyboards. So you can have the rich sounds of the digital grand and then all the spacey weird sounds of the Korg. At the same time. At the same time. Correct. But but it won't he- it won't hear that information unless I split the out cable to go to the in. So I want to know how many of our listeners now have a headache trying to understand what you're. It's confusing. About. Out to in, in to out. That's so, how I memorized so it, it, and through to in. So now that you remembered what you need, this means another search through all your boxes. Yeah, in the I closet. know where. I know it's in one of the boxes in the closet because I just saw it the other day when I was going through them, and it's a tiny little box that cost a lot of money that basically splits a midi cable. Okay, that's enough. We don't okay. need to talk about that anymore. We, but but my son built out. this awesome keyboard stand that puts all three of my keyboards together. And and I had this idea of building a iPad stand to go on top of it, and he mm-hmm. built that for me as well. And then today built me two more iPad stands that are portable. That's cool. That is cool because I've been nervous. You've had this little tiny. It's called an iPod dock. An iPod dock mm-hmm. um, on your 
um, nightstand at night. Uh-huh. And why why I have been nervous about that? Because our cats get up there <laughs> our sometimes. Cats decide to walk around on the nightstand. Yeah. Our dog jumps up on our bed. You don't want to break the iPad. Yeah, I don't want them any of the critters to knock it over. Yeah. Well, okay. So, that that was fun to talk about my yeah, keyboards and all that stuff. I was almost so, thinking that Andrew maybe should make a bunch of those to sell. He could market they're pretty them. Pretty neat, and they're a lot less expensive than buying them. They want thirty bucks for that little tiny one that is all hard to do, and and about seventy eight for the kind that I wanted that he built me for well with scrap wood. Yeah, and we painted it. Mm-hmm. Works great. Pretty nifty. Yeah. Okay. So you and Catherine kind of had excitement. This last week when you watched the finale of American well, Idol. Okay, now, you guys have to to testify that this is the absolute truth. Okay, and what? When I watched the first, the very first um, auditions for American Idol, uh-huh. who were my very favorite? That's our neighbor, by the way, mowing his lawn. It's Thursday when we're recording, yeah. and he always mows his lawn at usually about 4 o'clock, so he's late today. And it's raining. And it's raining. But he's a very dedicated lawnmower, and he has a very nice... Alan, thanks so much for mowing your lawn right now while we're talking. So if you hear that, that's what you hear. Go ahead. Oh, my headphones just stopped working. They're not working at all? No, not at all. Okay, we'll just keep talking. You're okay. Okay. So so what was I... What was I thinking American Idol. Oh, American Idol. So from the very first auditions... Um, there was a, a country girl and a country guy that I really liked. I just thought they were really sweet, and they were my favorites, and I was rooting for them from the very beginning, And um, which was kind of a little bit odd because I'm not a huge country music fan, but I just thought both these kids were really sweet, and they seemed innocent and fun and um, very talented. And so they were my favorites from the very beginning. And so obviously they weren't just my favorites because they were number one and two in the finale. They they were the last two. So we were pretty excited. Scotty about and that. Lauren. Yep, Scotty and Lauren. And I we were at the grocery store today and ran into a good friend of ours who um, grew up in North um, Carolina, only about an hour from where Scotty grew up. So I had to talk to her all about it in the grocery store, and it was a lot of fun. So I was very happy. I would have been happy whichever one of them won because um, he was my favorite guy singer, and and she was my favorite girl singer. So... Too bad both of them couldn't have won. I would have liked that. They yeah, were they both were con- really good. They were country. You know, I, I'm finding as I'm getting older. <laughs> I'm, oh, no. I'm don't liking, say it. Don't. Well, I think part of the reason why I like country, and please don't get get mad at me, I just find that it's a little bit more wholesome than some of the other stuff. It is stuff. not. It is not. You just think that, but it's not. Well, they wear more clothes and they don't dance around you haven't, as much. Then you like, haven't watched a whole lot of country stuff. Well, these two kids were cute and sweet. All right. Well, then narrow like it down them. to that. Don't paint everybody with the same brush here. Yeah. Well, anyway. I was just shocked that Judas Priest played on American Idol. I've never seen anything like that. Well, what I was shocked about is Judas Priest seemed more uh, moderate as far as like they were less wild than some of the pop singers. Yeah. 
And so, why, who would think I would like heavy metal? Because I usually am not a real heavy. Your metal favorite fan. song is "Breaking the Law." Breaking the Law. No, it's not. Oh, okay, maybe not. No. Yeah, but they actually Judas Priest. I have to say, I I actually I, just preferred, you saying that name of the band is weird. I to actually me. preferred them better than the pop singers they had on that. I just That's, thought I'm were buying kind their best of, of album now. No. Play it in the car. No, you can. Um, You're in for surprise. You're in for a shock. Catherine already bought. <laughs> I'm ignoring you. Catherine already bought the the song that Lauren did um, about her mom. Living was, after midnight. That's not the song Lauren did. Oh, she, she did didn't do a song, Judas Priest song. No. She did a song, um, just like Mom or something. Just yeah. like Mom does. Mm-hmm. It was so sweet, and I I heard a rumor because I wasn't home. I'll when be you quiet. You're it. not going to tell everybody this, are you? I heard that you got a little misty on that song. That was sweet. So I want that song. Catherine bought it. I but will not I need confess it. to that. <laughs> I actually I didn't watch it when it first came on. I watched it the day after, and um. I rewound and watched that song three times. See now, so okay, okay. So Here, here's the difference between men and women sometimes, and maybe I'm just being weird about this, but here's the uh, difference. Okay. Why in the world, if the song made you cry, why would you back it up and watch it two more times? Well, now, to me, if I watch it and I get misty-eyed, I don't want to watch it anymore because I may just full-on out sob, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> like in Toy Story 3, that was the worst experience. And what did I do? I went and saw the stupid thing again. And what do I do? Sob again at the end. So now I've got it on our DVR. I taped it, uh-huh. and I just don't play the end. Aww. Why would I want to do that? Well, so do you like sitting there and watching something I, and then I crying over I actually didn't really cry to that Gee song, but is. I just thought it was a very sweet song. And and to see it's, Lauren it's, and it's, her mom hug. And, and it's kind of like the mystery of chick flicks. Why in the world would you want to subject yourself to a chick flick over again? Because you always cry on them and you always get sad and it's always... I, I like a good smulty Hallmark movie. But why would you watch it over again? Because... I mean, I can understand watching Star Trek over and over because it rocks. Well, but I don't cry on every episode of Star Trek. I really like Star Trek the first or second, or maybe even third time I watch it. When you get to about the tenth or fifteenth time, I'm getting pretty tired of the same episode. But I mean, except for I have to say, I never grow tired of watching. I have to say, there's a couple. Star Trek episodes that are close to chick flick episodes that I like. The Inner Light. The Inner Light. Where I Picard like, lives all I like in one. I like the one with Deanna Troy where she has a space baby. That was the first episode of season two when Dr. Pulaski I like came Dr. on board. I like Dr. Pulaski, but I like Dr. Crusher There's a big too. rage and controversy over Dr. Pulaski. Some people hate her and some people love her. I'm in the I love her category because like she both. reminded me of Bones from the original yeah. Star Trek. I, I liked both doctors. I thought I thought it was cool that their chief medical officers were women. How did we get on Star Trek from watching American Idol? Well, I'm married to you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So anyway, um, I liked American Idol. I, there's a few things that I would probably change. I I thought some of their videos were a little bit lewd, but I yeah they I well I have a theory on that. Okay. I I don't think that the finale of American Idol really matched up with the people that were competing for the title. 
No. Um, I think that they that American Idol is just a huge money making machine. Mm-hmm. And even though it's fun to hear people sing and everything, the bottom line is they're making money and they're getting a whole bunch of viewers. And it's I, not just uh, from the bottom of their heart. I, I liked the two people that performed with the two finalists, Carrie Underwood and what was Carrie the, Underwear? Not Underwear. It's Underwood. I love Carrie Underwood. And what was the guy's name that performed with Scotty? <sighs> Alan Jackson. Are you sure? No. No, I don't think. I think it is. Are you sure? Live like you were dying. That's a sweet song, too. They both had wonderful songs um, in the finale. They did a great job. So anyway, but that's my theory on it is is the... I did that again. I say so anyway so many times in the podcast. Stop me from saying it anymore. Okay? So anyway... Don't say that. (laughs) I said it way too much. When I'm listening back, I'm like, that's just not good. I'm saying it too much. You know why you do that. Because you get off track. Yeah, you're trying to get me back on track I in a nice I, I, way. I, okay, here's the deal. My, one of our listeners said his wife listened, and and she said, tell Rick to quit interrupting Amy. Now, let me just say in front of everyone, <laughs> if I don't interrupt her, we're going to have a four-hour podcast because you like to talk. Now, well, that's not a bad thing. Well, kind of. I, I do sometimes. But, but I, your brain goes a million miles an hour. Well, I have... That you know, if you've heard of that book, women. Oh, I are thought you were like gonna say you have ADD, and men are like waffles. I've heard of that. You can kind of stay. Men are from into, Venus, women from Mars. You can kind of stay into one box of a subject. Kind of, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. And where, as for my brain, what happens is I will see something alongside the road while we're driving home, and, and it will remind, remind you of something that I don't know. Somebody, and that'll remind me of something else in a different situation. And then you just out of the blue will say, <laughs> "Wow, I just think purple socks are amazing." And I'm like, "What? We were just talking about <laughs> but, the but the price me, of tea in China, <laughs> and you just talked about but purple socks." To me, socks. it's not random because I had this thought process of about five or six things that got me I to know, that place that made totally sense in my brain. I know. So yeah. So, okay. Well, anyway. I, know, I, oh, I did it. I did so it. You did. Stop. <laughs> stop. Don't say what. I, see, I'm trying to move us along. Well, just say, moving along. Moving now. along, dear. Um, we're done talking about what's going on in our house because we just spent a whole half hour talking about it. <laughs> okay. So why don't we get into We actually have a really cool program today. We're going to talk a little bit at the beginning of our main subject here about Memorial Day and remembering and how important it is. And then you got a chance to do something really cool. What did you get to do? I got to interview a special couple, my sister and my brother-in-law down in Raymond, Washington. Um, They have had some major tragedy in their life. Um, My brother-in-law will talk to you about his experience in Vietnam and also... um, on the day that he lost one of his best friends in Vietnam, 19 years later, the very same day, they lost their son um, to a heart condition. And, and he was, what, 12 years he old? He was 12 years old. And it was, you know, very traumatic for our family to lose um, such a young, he seemed like a young, healthy boy, but he had a similar condition to what the professional basketball player um, Pistol Pete McMaravich, if I said his name right. Anyway, a very famous basketball player. 
um, died of the same heart condition. Right. And um, so they went through tremendous amount of yucky stuff, but they're doing great now. Yeah, and even you know, even through it, um, they'll talk about it. Um, you know, it was a very hard time, especially at the beginning. But they've been able to minister to many families. What do you mean by that? What do you mean they've minister been, to people? They've been that able weird. to comfort and encourage. Because um, they've been through it. Because they've been through it. And they've so, helped so other families. And, and pe- my brother-in-law has pe- done a lot of work with Vietnam vets around the nation, oh, okay. too. All right. So if people have experienced any loss in their life, and most of us have, mm-hmm. or gone through a real upsetting situation, tragic situation, there is life afterwards, and um, you're going to talk a lot with them about how they overcame some some serious things that we all face at one time or another in our mm-hmm. lives, and a very practical and kind of an interesting interview about how they made it through all that tough stuff and what they're doing today. So that should be very good. Mm-hmm. And it's it's about a half hour long. Um, we didn't want to go too long on it because it is such a kind of... Difficult subject to well, talk about. Well, it is. It's about. not something you it's, talk it's about every day. It's not a real light subject. But you know, that's what our podcast is for, is to... Mm-hmm. We're a podcast that we talk about spiritual things, but not in a religious way. And I think a lot of times, the people, when, you, when you're when you watching TV, or if you're just going through life, and you're listening to the radio, or your podcast, or different things like that, you don't hear a lot about how do you deal with practical stuff like losing a, a mom or a dad, mm-hmm. or losing or a, a sister or a child, or... or Maybe you've been in a situation where you had to do stuff that you never thought you'd have to do in war or in in a combat situation. Or or maybe you were in a situation that you were being abused or hurt or something like that. And you went through these things, but you don't really talk about it a lot because it's painful. But mm-hmm. it's so important to talk about some of it because we all need to be able to get through and go on with life because you can't live in the past. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, but it's not good for you. Well, and that's one of the things that we talk about with Jerry is that a lot of the vets that he began to meet up with, um, they hadn't really talked to anybody about their experience in over 30 years. Yeah. And it had started to kind of fester and sure, rot it does. in their, in their soul and in yeah. their mind. It does. And once they started to be able to talk about it and mm-hmm. talk with other, they got together for you, some reunions. It was very healing. And you think it would be the opposite. You would think that, that by rehearsing it and going it over, over again and talking to people about this tragedy that you went through, that it would actually be a harmful thing. But there's a way you can do it. That actually is a healing thing. It's like going to the dentist and having a root canal. It, it's not fun, but once all that stuff is taken out, then the healing can start again, and then you can pack it with, you know, gauze and and with uh, with uh, medicine and stuff, and then it heals from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And then by the time you're done, yeah, you you have a different mouth, but you don't have the pain anymore like you did. And that's exactly mm-hmm. the same with yeah. uh, emotional trauma and tragedy in our lives. We can either let it fester. And cause us to have some serious personality problems down the road and physical problems, a lot of stuff. Or we can deal with it in a real and good way and get it taken care of so that, that uh, the pain, we, we don't forget, but mm-hmm. the pain does lessen. And I think that's really important. So we'll play that interview in a few moments. But mm-hmm. first, let's listen to this and then we'll be back to read Facebook comments on 
who is the person you want to remember and why? And you never want to forget them. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that after we get back from this. Have you ever wanted to share something with someone just because? Well, we do a lot. So we started a podcast about, well, whatever we want. My name is Joyce. And I'm her lovely husband, Al. Uh, Well, you know what I mean. And we're the hosts of the Disneyland podcast, Tales from the Mouse House. And the Amazing Race podcast, Fast Forward. And I'm one of the co-hosts of the MASH 4077 podcast. And you'd think with all of these podcasts, we'd run out of things to share. But then you'd be wrong. In our new show, Just Because... We're going to share all the things that, well, just don't fit into any of our other podcasts. Yep, like videos of our puppy Kate as she plays with the water bottle. Mm -hmm. Maybe some episodes chatting about one of our favorite TV shows. Like Lost? Uh Uh-huh. Or maybe an audio play Al has written. And we'll even have episodes contributed by others who have something to share but just don't want to start their own podcast. You never know what you'll find on this show. Why? Just because. Visit us at because.podbean.com and in iTunes. You know what that was? That was Kate, the puppy, barking in the background. Isn't that cute? We love Alan Joyce. They're so awesome. And they just, this, this is the weekend that they celebrate their one-year anniversary for Tales of the Mouse House. Isn't that cool? Cool. They've had all sorts of great programs and they did a big special anniversary podcast, so you have to listen to it. I think it's out today. So I think we need to get Kate and Jade together sometime to play. I don't know how we do that. They live in Arizona. Yeah, it's a little drive. But um, Jade is helping us podcast today. Yeah, well, she rolled in some gross stuff, she, and she smelled, yeah, so we had so to give we her, had to give her Catherine a bath. gave her a bath. And so she is now on the couch laying down next to me napping on my now she's taking a nap on my electric throw that andrew got me for the electric Christmas. blanket so she can warm up yes um she's not spoiled now is she yes she, yeah, is. she is she greeted me early this morning by licking my face mm-hmm. and nuzzling her nose in your yeah i'm trying to read my chin. ipad trying to check my email for my elance jobs Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I have a dog in my face that won't let me read. Well, and you can't forget how she got over to your face. She jumped she, on you. She walked over me on yeah, top of me. That's how to it works. You. Yeah. So here she we are, you. and we are talking today. You I didn't did a really say it. good job about not saying anyhow or anyway. <laughs> yeah. Here we are talking today about Memorial Day and remembering. Mm-hmm. Now, we understand. That uh, the origins of Memorial Day are definitely rooted in the United States of America. It it is a United States holiday. Mm-hmm. Now I I do know that there are probably people all over the world that honor those people that have gone on before us. Mm-hmm. But in this particular situation, it started back in the Civil War mm-hmm. uh, when soldiers had fallen and the wives of the soldiers would go and it was originally called Decorating Day. And they would go. Declaration Day. No, no, Decorating Decorating Day. Day. They would go and decorate the graves Mm -hmm. of their fallen husbands and remember them and cry Mm -hmm. and go through all these different things. And anyway, that's how Memorial Day started. And my mom, and and back in the 1860s, my mom still does that every year that she goes Mm -hmm. and 
And when I was a kid, we would like weed around the tombstones and put some fresh flowers or right. some flowers. Right. Um, and and you usually do that to people that have been special to you. You go yeah. take some silk the, flowers. The Whitlocks. I go and, and visit their grave usually on on Memorial Day, and I usually go visit my grandparents' graves as well. Mm-hmm. But that's just something I do to remember them. And, uh, and I mean, they're not really there. In, in our communities, they put up um, big United States um, flags mm-hmm. all over the <coughs> excuse me um, all over the cemetery for Memorial Day. And you've taken beautiful pictures of them. Um, yeah. Well, the, wafting in the breeze. The and, whole idea behind Memorial Day originally was about the military folks mm-hmm. that had served in the armed forces. Mm-hmm. And I think through the years, that's still the the reason for the holiday is mm-hmm. to remember those people that went on, that that uh, fought for our freedom, that had been involved in the armed forces. And, and then we have another holiday called Veterans Day that we also celebrate. But that's for those that are living. Living veterans. Yeah, living veterans. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how the holiday works here in the United States. But it has evolved into some other things where we will actually, uh, we remember our grandparents or special people in our lives. I mean, you might as well. I mean, you should do that all the time anyway. But it it just reminds me on Memorial Day Day to remember uh, those people. So we asked people on Facebook, uh, you got the question there, I think. I sure do. You, what did I ask? You asked, with Memorial Day coming up, and, and we're on Memorial Weekend right now, uh-huh. who do you never want to forget in your life, and why that person? And we got a few responses. Mm-hmm. What did we get? Timothy said, my grandparents, such good people from what I remember at that age. Cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And then I have a longer one um, from... Michelle, do you have your Facebook open? Or you I don't. Okay. I don't. Um, she said, I was always taught that Memorial Day was reserved for military vets and those who died serving our country. So what we talked about before. Mm-hmm. I have family that have served and are now serving our country. And while I keep them in mind on Memorial Day, my father-in-law will hold a place of honor this day. He fought valiantly to stay here on earth with my children one more day and finally lost the battle last week. Aww. He will never, he will forever be my hero for bravely facing death and not once giving up. He said goodbye to my children with love and humility and never let them see him cry. They take with them the memory of grandpa giving kisses and letting them know he would see them again after my kids said goodbye i was able to wipe a tear from his eye and let them let him know that they will never that i will never let my kids forget how strong and brave he was not to mention how much he loved them we love you forever grandpa and on memorial day especially for you this year. Sorry for going on and on, but his death is fresh in my heart and mind. That's very, very special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's hard. I think, I think that is probably the hardest thing to do is to remember those people like your grandparents that were very, if you had a good relationship with them, they were very special people. And mm-hmm. I think that that's very, very difficult. I know I, um, I did my, uh, my grandfather's funeral um, when I was a preacher 
And uh, that was a very difficult one to do. And uh, also did grandma's. Mm -hmm. And that was almost more difficult to do because I was closer to her. Mm -hmm. But the one I had a really hard time with, oh, gosh, it was so hard, uh, was the gentleman that got me into music and stuff, Mr. Whitlock. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh, that was so tough. Went to his funeral, and I I didn't do the funeral, but I did a poem about him. Mm -hmm. I couldn't get through it. It was awful. I I sat there and sobbed. Somebody had to go get a, a bounty paper towel. (laughs) <laughs> no Kleenex for me, mind you. A bounty paper towel. You needed the bounty. <laughs> I did. I needed something tough. And uh, they, or, or was it brawny? I can't remember. Well, whatever it was. All, all I know is that I was had snot and tears. And I was standing in front of everybody. And I had done, at that point, I had done, you know, I had spoken in front of people hundreds of times. Yeah. And it's just, it just really tough when you have people that you really love and care about. That's that's what life is all about, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, Michelle, we completely understand. We've been praying for your, you and your family and that whole situation there. We're so sorry for your loss. Yeah. But, you know, it is really true that when you remember those people that have passed on by honoring their memory, by living the way you know that they did mm-hmm. in a way to b- help other people and being um, courageous and valiant and and loving people the way they did, then we honor their memory, and that's mm-hmm. just so important. So, Michelle, awesome that you love your kids like that, and that you won't ever let them forget. That is the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. So, but we're so sorry that what you went through. No fun. Yeah, Timothy. This is a different Timothy. Had a a good suggestion. Mm-hmm. He said, for Memorial Day, instead of a barbecue, go to a veterans hospital and ask to volunteer. That's a very cool said idea. Just a thought. Yep. Nursing homes are a good place to go, mm-hmm. too. Yeah, and there's often veterans at nursing homes, too. Yeah, they sure are. Um, Julie said, My grandma and my grandpa Dean, they taught me how to be an upstanding citizen, to be trustworthy, and help me to have a good work ethic. Oh, very cool. Megan says, My Grammy, Patty Garrison, went to heaven two years ago. She was the family matriarch, and I miss her so much. I remember the way she made everyone into family, no matter who they were. Very true. If they were a friend of her family members, they were family in her eyes. She was a very, very cool lady. I remember her very well. I remember her, too, that when each of the kids, I don't know if it was when they turned 18 or when they graduated from high school, but sometime around that time, um, she gave each one of them a big photo album of pictures that uh, she had, had taken. T- over the taken. Years. She took lots of pictures and made them each a big photo album. Wow. I thought that was special. That is very special. That's a, a neat thing a grandma can do. Absolutely. Um, Terry said, my mom just passed and I missed her and loved her so much. She was my inspiration and got me through some really hard times. She was always there for me. Yeah. And Dan said, my grandmother, Alice, she did a lot to help raise me and taught me to be a good person. I love her and miss her. So um, Jenny said, my grandmother, she knew exactly how to be a grandmother. She had a heart of gold and I miss her. And we have several others. Do we have time for all of them? or? Well, I mean, how many more we got? We have three more. Okay, read them. It's a special. It's Memorial Day special. Okay. Greg said, 
easy and very appropriate for Memorial Day. My wife, Cheryl, <clears throat> they went on their first date 30 years ago. It was a Memorial Day off-school picnic type of date. Not only do I never want to forget her, I never want to forget that day along with countless others. And from the perspective of those who have passed on, I can't possibly, couldn't possibly choose between my father and my older sister. I miss them both and we'll have so much to share and discuss um, if they hadn't died so young. So he had his wife who he had for 30 years. No, he still has his wife. Oh, he dear. still has his wife. Yeah, did you I'm, understand? He's, he talked how he, the question, read the question again. Okay. The question, I have to scroll up. It <laughs> says, who do you never want to forget? Right. Okay. I didn't say so, who. Yeah. Okay. I was confused. So he was talking that. about how he met his wife and he doesn't ever want to forget her. So he that's met really her good. On yes. Memorial Day. Then he said, from the perspective of loved ones going on, okay. I can't possibly pick between my relatives. Okay. Okay. So there you go. Sorry, uh, Greg. I'm sorry. I got a little confused on that. Um, Sue said, Kay Walling, who went to be. With the Lord almost three years ago, she was my Sunday school teacher for years. For a while, there were only two kids, Jason and myself, in our age range. They wanted to combine us with another class, but Mrs. Walling said no and taught the Bible to the two of us for six or seven years straight until we made it to junior-senior high class. She was a wonderful, faithful woman, and I miss her greatly. Aww. So that was neat. I when um, the church I grew up in had a 100-year um, anniversary. anniversary, something kind of unusual happened. It had been on my heart for a few years to write an ode to the women <coughs> who I grew up with in church that had been my examples that taught Sunday school so you and read junior it? choir and were secretary in the church. So I wrote... I wrote about, I don't know, 15, 20 women uh -huh. that had been examples to me and mentors to me growing up. And um, I read it to the church, and I had kind of the... And these were mostly women still alive, but I I um, got up in front of everyone and read it, and I had tears coming down my face, and I had a hard time getting through it just because... Um, I just realized how grateful I was sure. to have people that I could look up to in my life. Yeah. And my, without knowing it, my brother, who was the worship leader at that church, and uh, he had written a thing about faith of my father's, and it was about the men that he looked up oh, to. Oh, that's funny. And we didn't even talk to each other about this, and we both kind of came up with the same idea, but mine was owed to the women in the church, and his was to the men. That's cool. That impacted, you know, both of our lives growing up. Sure, so sure. That was kind of, you know, we just grew up in a little country church out in the sticks, but, you know, just like Sue was saying, sometimes you don't know what an impact you can have on a child's life while yep. they're growing up by just taking the time to read yeah. with them and listen to yeah. them and <coughs> make yeah. crafts with them, 4-H yeah. softball, whatever it is. Sure. And um, we sure. had a 
a good time. Well, that. investment in the lives of people for their betterment is never a bad thing. Mm. In fact, far after you, you don't think on your deathbed, you're not thinking, and in eternity, you're not thinking about. You're not thinking about how much money did you make or what job did you have. You're thinking about the people and and the the experiences you had with them. So when you invest in someone, not just money, I'm not saying money. I'm talking about your time and your effort and your companionship. That's never a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so kind of cool. Yeah. Anybody else? That was all of them. Okay. Well, yeah. thank you, everybody. Again, we really appreciate how you make this podcast far more interactive mm-hmm. by telling us what you think. And <coughs> I think it's really good for all of us to to hear the comments that people put on the on the on the Facebook page. Well, and and one thing that. I have to have a thought before we play this is my dad used to have a saying that he says it's better to bring people flowers before their funeral. Absolutely. And you know, he's, he yeah. used to talk about that. And one of the things we're going to be talking about, um, in a little bit with my sister and brother-in-law about my nephew passing away at 12. I didn't talk to them about this, but Rick will remember that we went hunting around before his 12th birthday to find a football that would fit on his birthday cake because I made him his 12-year-old birthday cake. Uh And I couldn't find a little toy football, so I ended up buying a $10 football to decorate his birthday cake. I don't know if you remember that. I do remember that. (laughs) Because I wanted to make him a football birthday cake because he really liked football. He loved football. And so he had a $10 ornament on his cake. It probably cost more for the football than for the cake. But you know what? I'm glad I did that because, you know, the times that I spent with my nephew while he was alive and could talk to him and play with him and, and, you know, that's more important than how big of a floral arrangement I could have brought to his funeral. You are very, very true. Well, you know, the I don't know, our belief system is that when we die, we go to be with the Lord if we've accepted Him in our mm-hmm. hearts. And so when something like this happens, you know, uh, Matthew loved the Lord, and, and even though he was a young kid, mm-hmm. uh, we know where he's at. So it's it, that lessens the impact a little bit. I mean, you still, you still care about people and you miss mm-hmm. them, but it's so comforting to know that you're going to see Him again in heaven, which is a, a really good thing, and that's a great hope to mm-hmm. have. Um, but there, there is life you know, to have after tragedy. And so I think we should play the interview here in a second. But before we do, mm-hmm. um, I want to just, uh, I just want to emphasize that it's really important when you're listening to this to take the practical aspects of it because we can't live in the past. And I think, I think your, your sister and brother-in-law have, I don't think, I think there have been times when it's been really hard Mm-hmm. But they are definitely not people that live in the past. No. They they have gone forward, and that doesn't mean at all that diminishes any of their love or their compassion or their or their memories of their son or the stuff that happened, you know, in Vietnam. It, what it does mean is they are very courageous people mm-hmm. that have said, "Look, at, we still have our lives, and we need to go forward." And even though it wasn't easy, they did. And mm-hmm. I think that's a great testament to everyone listening to the podcast. Yeah. Look at you may have gone through a divorce. You may have gone through a really rough situation at your workplace. You may have had a really rough family thing happen. Um, We don't know what the situation is, but we do know this. You can't live in the past. It's important to look back at things so you can learn. 
but you can't live there mm-hmm. as our neighbor Moses' lawn. You like that? Well, he has a nice looking lawn, so that's good. That is. His lawn is, is, that's true. His lawn is nice. But anyway, our point is, oh, I did it. I said, but anyway. You did. Oh, I'm so going to get out of that. Should we get a little jar and you put a quarter in it every time You'd you You'd be a rich that? lady. <laughs> and I get it. Man, you could buy an iPad. Yeah. Like I did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So moving on. Moving on. <laughs> the key really in this whole situation to life after loss, the key is to make the good parts of the person part of who you are by living those things. Mm-hmm. So so for me, I took some of the things that I loved about Mr. Whitlock and loved about my grandparents, and I've tried to incorporate those things into my life. <clears throat> and should the Lord bless me with grandchildren, I want to be... I mean, there's some things I don't want to be like, mm-hmm. but there's the things that I did appreciate about them and love about them. I'd love to impart that to my grandkids. Mm-hmm. And I want to be like that. So it's really important that we take the good things that we remember about those loved ones that have gone on. And it's so hard when I watch him walk by with the lawnmower and he's just having a good time <laughs> out there. And I, Hard to be serious when there's a man lawn, mowing the lawn right outside our window. Yeah, it's okay. All right. So it's good to... Remember people by honoring their memory, by living the way you know the positively in, in the way that they did. So mm-hmm. that's how you can keep them alive in, in your heart. Yeah. So you ready to play this? I think we are. Okay. And then we'll be back after the interview to introduce next week's subject. All right. So here's the interview that Amy had with uh, Jerry and Laura, Laura Rohr, Rohr from Raymond, Washington. <laughs> some very special people to me. My sister, Laura. Say hi. Hi, Aim. And my brother-in-law, Jerry. Hello. I don't know if it's the most fun subject this week, but I think it'll be um, a great encouragement to people that have been um, going through trials, either in the past or currently, um, about ways to use your heart at a heartaches to help others around you and to move through loss. So we're on Memorial Day weekend, um, and I have a question for whichever of you want to ask answer. Um, for many years, you've had big get-togethers on this weekend. Can you share why this holiday weekend is, um, is and has been so very special to you? Well, as you know, Aim, that we lost our son 23 years ago. And we lost our son in March, on March 9th. And Memorial Day came, and we said we wanted to do something, not only to remember him, but to remember both of our fathers that had passed away in the past three years, and our grandfather. So we invited uh, friends and family and asked them to bring a picture of their loved one, to be remembered that Memorial Day weekend. And we had a potluck picnic and just remembered the people that we loved that we lost. So that's kind of neat. You you use that to celebrate your memories. And, and um, I remember you even had some trophies and some games, like 
Matt Rohr Memorial trophies that you had kids run races and and gave them out little trophies and stuff. Right, we would have a basketball tournament and uh, kind of a potluck picnic. But um, it was our way of remembering and coping and reaching out to others. But we found that while it made us feel good that day, Memorial Day, the, the ride down the next day was really rough. Mm. And so we haven't done it for a number of years. And I think uh, after a while you realize that just a little quiet time of reflecting is probably best for the soul. Yeah, it it probably, whenever you go through grief, it, it's kind of a journey, isn't it? It's Some days are really hard, and other days you think hap- of happy memories, and other days you think, oh, how can I go on with this? And it's kind of like a one-day-at-a-time thing. Um, kind of on the same subject, because a lot of times on Memorial Day, we honor our veterans, and, and we remember people that, we have um, have served our country, and you wrote a book, Jerry, about your time in Vietnam, which I've read. is very good, by the way, except for I have to admit, I haven't finished the last few pages because every time I did, I think I went through, started reading them, I went through a box of Kleenex <laughs> because... Um, they were your journals of um, journal entries kind of a, as you're coping with the loss of your son, my nephew. And so to me, it was very hard because I was actually closer in age to Matt than I was to any of my siblings. So he was more like a little brother to me than a a nephew. Um, so when I tried reading them, honestly, I couldn't. But maybe when I'm like 90 or something, I'll be able to read the last few pages. But it was a very good book. Um, can you enlighten us a little bit why you wrote the book and how God has used it in your life and in other people's lives? When you lose a 12-year-old son, uh, you don't want them forgotten too fast by future generations. And... Um, There's a coincidence in the the day Matthew went to be with the Lord and uh, an experience I had in Vietnam where we lost 11 guys in an early morning firefight, but I was spared that battle. And um, just if you want to call it the coincidence of that, it was just too unreal to me. And I wanted future generations mainly to know our story, Laura and I did. So that's why we wrote the book, so that they could see what Grandpa and Grandma Roar went through so many years before, and because uh, no one goes through this life unscathed, mm-hmm. and um, it'll help future generations to cope, and it's a witness to our future families. Mm-hmm. Um, Laura, do you want to tell a little bit how it's helped others, the book? Well, um, we do get positive f- feedback. Anytime you are writing a book that is about death, and especially death of a child or death of friends. Um, It's not a happy book, but um, I think the book shows that because we were believers and because Matthew was a believer, we had the peace that um, a lot of people don't have when they lose a child. And... um, when we find someone that loses a child, 
we try to reach out to them and to um, say, tell them that they're going to have some rough days and weeks and months, and the first year is the hardest. Mm -hmm. And every time you hit a birthday or a holiday, you hit bottom, and you just have to pull yourself out and up. But the thing is, is after that first year, every year gets better, even though you still have a hole in your soul. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as the um, my army, uh, Battlefield Brothers, it uh, the book telling their story in print has helped so many of them. We've uh, located about forty of them now. We've had four reunions over the ten years since I've written a book. Well, the eight years, I guess. And um, I've had families come up to me and thank me for telling their dad's story. And uh, they had no idea what he went through over there. And why. And they said, well, explain so much why he's the way he is and withdrawn and in his own shell and everything. I had a daughter come up and thank me for saving her dad's life twice, once over there and once again when we wrote the book. So the book mm-hmm. is just, then it's a personal witness as well. So mm-hmm. I noticed that a lot when I read the book, that it had a lot to do with your relationship with God and, and your relationship with my sister since I was only a toddler when you were over there. Um, it was neat to to read about things that I didn't really remember, but um, it was it was kind of kind of neat to read about. The one thing that I really got out of the book was just the stress on a soldier um, when you were writing about um, your clothes wearing out. I hadn't thought about that that they put you in the jungle for months on end with the same clothes. Was it just the one outfit on your back? We just had the one pair. We would get into base camp about once a month. We would shower and change clothes at that time. But all the time in between, the clothes would be drying, getting wet, drying, getting wet. They rotted off of us pretty fast. Wow. There are so many things in the book that I had never, not being a soldier myself, had never thought of. And my generation, my my um, cousin and a nephew have served over in the Middle East in the desert. So they have had their own different problems with, with sand and dust storms and different things. But you were in jungle warfare and it's I had just, there's so many things in there that I had never thought of before. And, you know, the clothes wearing out, the the guns not working half the time because of all the moisture and the dirt and um, so many different things. It was a very um, enlightening book for me. I actually had my, my youngest son read it for homeschool. I said, you, you're going to read this and you're going to learn a, lo- a lot about war and, you know, why, if possible, it's good to avoid war because this is what we put our sons and husbands through. You know, it's it's not a picnic, that's for sure. When researching, researching for the book, I did contact some of the families of the, uh, the boys we lost over there, and uh, they were... To the person happy to hear from someone who knew their son mm-hmm. 
And um, that's the same we are, way we are when one of Matthew's friends, we see him in town or something or at some function, and it feels good to see Matthew's friends. Yeah. Um, can um, you give some encouragement to our listeners um, how to get to the other side of grief? And you mentioned, just Laura mentioned just a minute ago, that it, it does get less in time. But what were some things maybe that first year that you said was so hard? What were some things that helped you get through that first year when when everything was so um, so fresh? And maybe also um, a suggestion to soldiers or family members who have um, had some tragedy how to move on after that initial shock? Well, um, that very first year, we had friends and family that would drop by. Uh, We had one lady that for three weeks in a row sent us a yellow rose and a card that said, thinking of you. What we noticed is that people were wonderful. Our son collapsed at uh, grade school. He was a sixth grader, and he died on the way to the hospital, which is only about 10 miles away. And this happened about 2.30 in the afternoon, and we, we were at the hospital, and we came home later that night. There was already food on our table. People had heard, and they had brought food. My brother, Larry, came over and started the chores for us because we had a dairy farm at that time. The neighbor boy came down with his dad. People were great. We had a friend who was in Reno at a conference. He got on a plane and he came back, and he and his family came and spent three days with us. But they stayed with us from Wednesday till Sunday, And then everybody went home, and they went home to their own lives that were the same for them. But on Monday morning, I accidentally set the table for breakfast for four people, and there were only three now. And it's things like that. But um, people were great, and um, they continued to be great. It seemed a blessing was that Jerry and I usually did not hit bottom on the same day. So if he was hitting bottom, I pulled him up. If I was hitting bottom, he pulled me up. It wasn't till about Thanksgiving that it hit us. And we had a very hard day on Thanksgiving, and we technically refused to go anyplace for Thanksgiving dinner, and we'd been invited uh, to both sides of our family, but we just could not leave our house that particular day. And friends and family were great. They seemed to show up on the days that we needed them, and they'd be our fresh ray of sunshine when we were seeing a lot of dark days. And Jerry, um, you can add to that and also maybe um, talk about how to, like you have so many times, reached out to soldiers' families and 
and maybe talk about that also. Well, I wanted to say that uh, <clears throat> parents, take your children to Sunday school and church. Teach them about Jesus and the Lord as Lord, so that if you're faced with tragedy or when you lose your parents or something, you'll have this peace of mind. It's better to have the Lord to lean on than to find him afterwards and then wonder if your children are saved. I emphasize that in the book several times. <clears throat> After Matthew was gone, people told us, it'll get better in a, in a year. It'll get better in a year. It takes about a year. Well, 12 months came and went. It was no better. 11, uh, 13 months came and went. It was no better. But on the 14th month, it just mental uh, peace of mind or something swept over us, and it started getting better. Now, the human side of me, even though I'm saved and I knew Matthew is saved and he's uh, safe with the Lord, we had a long summer that year, and uh, it was warm, clear into October, and then it started raining, and that first, uh, it rains a lot here in western Washington. <laughs> yeah. That first year, um, I had this mental um, block, if you will. It wasn't uh, unbelief, it was just the human side of me. My little boy was out there under the ground in the rain, and that bothered me a lot mm -hmm. for a few days. How did you cope with the loss of your fellow soldiers and, and continue to cope with it? I know you visited the Vietnam Memorial, and you know doing things like that, I'm sure, helps you pay om honor and homage to your fellow um, soldiers, but... Any other ideas about how you how you've coped with that and how you encourage others to cope? Well, um, in our situation, we didn't um, didn't get a chance to say goodbye. They would be dead, put in a body bag, and gone. In this major battle, on March ninth, the same date as Matthew died, it was called the Battle of the Angels' Wing because of the con configuration of the Cambodian border. And uh, it happened in the early morning, dark hours. And we lost 11 guys. And 35 years later, when I decided to write the book, we still didn't know who, was, who lived and who died through that. Mm. They were loaded on the helicopter, uh, wounded, terribly wounded. Uh, some of them were already gone for sure, pronounced dead. But... That's what bothered the guys who I found. That, mm -hmm. But the coming of the computer age took care of that. Then we could um, bring up the virtual wall online. We could bring up the list of casualties who uh, made it through. Um, the VA wasn't much help in locating this guys, these guys, but through other uh, forms of communication, the media, was able, we were able to start locating each other. And uh, sometimes... Um, the guys were a little cool, didn't want to think about it, but by and large, they needed to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's one of the things that was bothering them all these years. They didn't know who had died and who had lived that night. And um, I think that's changed now a little bit with the modern communication. I called uh, one mother in uh, Michigan 35 years later, and something told me, kept nudging me to call her, call her. Her son was a good friend of mine over there. Um, 
But we were on day-to-day -day survival, so I didn't make an attempt to get a hold of the family. But And then when we came home, just happy to be home and go on with life, or try to anyway. But um, So I called this lady. There was only one phone number in the whole book at Sault Ste. Marie. And uh, I had a little prepared state opening statement made, and this little frail voice comes on the phone. And I introduced myself, and I said I was trying to locate a friend I was in Vietnam with. That's all I said. I didn't give his name. And she says, well, my son Dennis was in Vietnam. And she told me all those years it was like he had gone off into a dark hole and didn't come back. Mm -hmm. And she kept, kept hoping someone that knew him would come and visit her. So I made it, but I was 35 years late. Well, better late than never, I think. I think that probably brought a lot of closure and, and joy to her to know that he was loved and, and mm -hmm. cared about. Um, is your book still available on Amazon.com? Uh, no, it's out of print now, but I'm going to uh, republish it, rewrite it and republish it. Uh, I have a lot more names I can drop in there now and make those families feel better, and the soldier himself. Uh, a couple of different things I'd like to add in. I'm going to make two books out of it, one primarily uh, the Vietnam War and uh, the Before Matt Roar, and then the second part, uh, the After Matt, and the years following. But uh, when I started finding these guys, it took a little while when they would come to a reunion for the ice to break. They, they were kind of reluctant, but once they did, then they started feeling better immediately. I called my old uh, sergeant, and he uh, broke down crying three times on the phone. Mm -hmm. uh, he, uh, he was just so relieved. He'd been packing a lot of guilt mm -hmm. that men under his command had been lost. and really wasn't his fault. Well, I'm glad that um, God's been working that out for healing and um, just I think sometimes when people go through painful things, they're not sure how to talk about that. But like you said, they need to. They need to be able to get that out and and um, not just keep stuffing it. Um, a lot of times we see vets along the highway not being able to function in life because they've just stuffed it and not allow God to heal them, but there is a, a process of um, steps of grief and, and things that you can't just stop mm -hmm. at one, one step. You have to um, go through sometimes being angry, sometimes, you know, feeling um, anguish, and there's just all these different phases of grief, and... Um, it's not good not to go through them, <laughs> or we'll get we'll get stuck. When when my husband did um, um, homeless ministry, uh, he talked to so many people, not just vets, but one one man he talked to had been a a doctor of um, some kind of he had a doctorate of something in in a college. He was a university professor brilliant man and his wife died of cancer and he just started walking he couldn't he he couldn't deal with it you know and maybe he didn't have the support system that you guys had with your family and friends and he just started walking you know sometimes people 
just give up and they can't see the familiar things and and um you know brilliant man but he couldn't cope with the grief and it's not easy is it it no. We should mention mention the title of the book, and actually Laura, I believe, came up with it. We called it Lives on Hold, and there are times in our lives when everything comes to a standstill for a little while, and if your loved one is off to war, you wait and your life is on hold with theirs until they return, or uh, if one of you, if you, your wife or you ladies go into child labor, Everything comes to a halt till that child is born. Mm -hmm. Or if uh, you've lost a loved one or any number of times in life, uh, just everything gets on hold. It's lives on hold, and that's why we titled it that. Well, that seems like a, an adequate description for grief, really, is it? Mm -hmm. It just seems like... You, you feel numb, then you feel sad, and then you might feel angry, and then you, you know, there's all these different stages of grief, but what they all have on common is that you kind of have to press that hold button until you get through them, and it's just a one day at a time, and it, like you said, it doesn't mm -hmm. take a week or a month. Sometimes it takes years, but um, eventually we want to walk through those and it's interesting in our Western culture, we have listeners all over the world, but in the United States, it seems like sometimes people want to just, you know, oh, you've had two weeks off, get over it, <laughs> you know, and other cultures, they have different ceremonies that they go through of, um, you know, wakes or, or different things that That's you wear. Right rituals like you wear black for six months or you do you know and um sometimes we make fun of those kind of different customs and yet i can see from a a mental psychological point of view that that some of those things are healthy it's okay to acknowledge a loss and to walk through a process of healing is there any other um, things that you can think of you'd like to add? Anything that's come up to you while we've been talking that you can think you'd like to put in? While Laura's thinking there, um, I'd like to mention that America is recognizing their veterans a lot more and appreciating them. When we were had our last reunion, we met in West Virginia, so then we went down and stayed in Northern Virginia and went rode the subway into D.C. and saw the sights, but it was one morning my buddy and I were standing on this uh, subway dock and this little eight-year-old girl comes up to me while her dad is standing in the distance very proudly, and she says, thank you for serving, oh. and I knelt down and put my arm around her, and my friend took a picture, but um, it's, people are more aware of what veterans are doing, and that's appreciative. I think one last thing, and then we'll close. I think they did something special at your school, if I remember right, not that long ago. Didn't the school that you teach at has a special wall? Mm -hmm. Can you maybe enlighten me a little bit about that? Well, we recently had a new school built, and during the planning for it, the um, community and the veterans in the community felt that they wanted to honor our servicemen. And we did have a 
Congressional Medal of Honor uh, recipient that was a Valley graduate. And his name was Robert Bush, and we acknowledged him every Veterans Day and so on. Well, he recently passed away, and we have um, a commemorative plaque for him. But every um, Valley person that was in the armed services has a small uh, plaque on a flag that's almost like a mural on a wall, and it's very nicely done. Um, it's quite impressive, and um, we've t dedicated it, and the nice thing about our school is that we do honor our veterans every Veterans Day, and we have um, anyone come from the community, and we have guest speakers, and the kids acknowledge them. It's quite a nice uh, event. Well, thank you, and I hope that our podcast will give people ideas about how to um, get through the Memorial Day weekend, um, whether it's um, having a picnic with your loved ones or just taking some time to honor people quietly in your own heart and in your own in your own head, thinking about them. But thank you very much. Is there any other comments you'd like to make before we sign off? When tragedy strikes, it's natural to ask why. Even though you're strong in your faith, um, you still have a tendency to wonder why. And I've always felt that, um, we felt honored that Matthew would be taken as a witness, even at such a young age. And we may someday get to find out that what terrible atrocities he may have uh, been spared in Iraq or Afghanistan, because he was proud of his daddy's uh, war record and he wanted to be a soldier when we pretty much figured he would have been a, a career soldier. And he would have been right over there in the middle of it, probably several times by now. I have to say I remember how when he they were kids, he and, um, he and his little brother, you guys decided you were going to not let them play with um, plastic guns anymore. You're thinking maybe they're getting the wrong idea or something. I'm not exactly sure your reasons. So you took those away, <laughs> and I would go out there and check on them playing out in the woods, and they would have little sticks, or they would made, like, um, two-by-fours or something <laughs> that they were pretending they were soldiers with. And Well, you you guys tried, but... You know, they were really proud of their dad, though. Both the boys were. And, and I know your daughter, Liz, is proud, too. And I'm proud. And I better sign off now because I'll get all mushy and cry on this. It won't sound good on the podcast. But thank you very much for um, talking with us. And um, hopefully we can see that new book out soon. I'm hoping we can use the same title, I hope. you know, We'll see. Uh, have to get, I was released by the publisher to... Uh, Feel free to use all the material again, so I'm not sure about the title. I'll check on that. But well, maybe I, next fall. I do know one story that you told me that you didn't put in the book. I think you should. It was about a little toddler that every day when her um, brother and future brother-in-law was over in Vietnam, prayed for prayed for him. And when you got off the plane, that my mom said to you that I prayed for you every day when you're away. 
Yes, I, re I remember that. The last statement in the book, I quote uh, my friend's uh, little mom over there back in Michigan, and she, she'd lost two infant children and then her adult son, and she still had one son left who happened to live not too far from us out here in Washington, and we've become friends. But uh, the last statement, uh, she says, um, we have, shouldn't uh, dwell on our misfortunes, but count our many blessings and try to think on those. Well, and I know you guys are very thankful that you have not only um, your younger son, but then God blessed you with a beautiful daughter who's going off to university soon, and um, three granddaughters so far. We'll see if there's more coming down the line someday. We'll find out. Well, one thing that we have learned since we've lost our son at the young age of 12 is that 95% of all marriages fail after the death of a child because either one dwells too much on the loss and the other one thinks the other one isn't dwelling enough on the loss or vice versa, or they blame each other, or um, one gets stuck you know, with the life on hold where the other one wants to continue on. And it's hard on a marriage because of the emotional um, anxiety and grief. It is hard on a marriage, but uh, we've been lucky to have the Lord as part of our life. And we've been lucky to have prayer to help us through the bad days. And we've been lucky to have a very good support system of family and friends. Father, we thank you for loving us and caring about us. You know the tragedy and the troubles we've been through and are going through and will go through, and you love us and care about us. And we want to be real with you, and we want to uh, acknowledge you, and we just tell you we need your help through all this stuff. So help us to be everything you've called us to be, and and help us to love people the way that you love people. And God, would you take that pain from our hearts and heal us, Lord, of the loss that we have and help us to be better people. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, there we go. That was the interview that you did with your brother-in-law and sister. And I think it was pretty awesome. Well, I, I'm glad that they consented to doing that with um, me and... I really do hope that it does encourage people that are going through a rough time that, sure. you know, it's it's okay to feel sad and it's okay to have times that you're down. You can let yourself mm -hmm. feel those things, but then also make steps to, to get um, past it and through it. And Well, yeah. I, I think the biggest point that I got was it doesn't dishonor someone's memory to move on with life. Mm -hmm. especially if you keep them in your heart. You, mm -hmm. you know, that that's a really important thing. And I think the other thing that, that was very prevalent in the interview was the fact that without God, this is pretty hard to do. Mm -hmm. And and it's even hard. I mean, it's hard anyway, even with God. But without him, it's, it's almost impossible to get through something like this without having some major problems. So I think that's really a, a key to the whole thing was their faith in God really helped them through some mm -hmm. really tough stuff, which... The same thing has happened with us. And we're not talking about faith in a church or faith in an organization. We're talking about faith in God, mm -hmm. our own faith in God, where we we trust Him and we ask Him for help through rough situations. 
and he does help. Yeah, and even sometimes, how do I say this? Okay, without people getting thinking I'm sacrilegious or something, but it's okay even sometimes to be angry with God. Well, I know I know a lot of people are, and they feel bad about it. But I, I'm not saying it's, it's because we don't understand everything. Yeah, I, I'm just saying that God's big enough. He can handle it. To handle our frustrations and our not understanding things. Yeah. Well, we're human beings and he's God and we mm-hmm. don't understand everything all the time. We don't know why things happen the way they do. We don't we don't understand that. But I have to believe that the goodness of God does prevail in life if you really mm-hmm. seek after him. And even though you might go through some really rough stuff, he is there always to help. And I think that's really important. So if you get anything out of the podcast today, get that. Mm-hmm. That God wants to help us, not just in the tough times, but in the good times as well. Mm-hmm. And and he's only a prayer away, yeah. which is amazing to me. It's not like you have to jump through hoops or do this or that. You, you can simply turn and acknowledge him right now, mm-hmm. and he will help yeah. with whatever you're going through. So we sincerely hope that everybody that has experienced loss or, or troubles or hard times, we sincerely hope that you would put your trust in God and let him help you get through those. It's very, very important. And even if you're not currently experiencing loss, it, this podcast might help you to be more sensitive and more compassionate to people that, that you are, know yeah. that have lost a child yeah. or a parent or, you know, to Or to gone know, through any really rough times, yeah. To know that, you know, they're, they're going to need some time. They're going to need you to... See if they want to go out for coffee or do yeah. something with them to help them. Just be their friend. Just be there for them. Yep. Okay. That was our podcast for the special for Memorial Day. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, we would love it if you would get a hold of us and let us know what you thought. We will forward any emails that we get uh, to Jerry and Laura. If you'd like to tell them what you thought about the interview, we will forward that to them. So just write to us, rick at takehimwithyou.com. Or amy at takehimwithyou.com. Or visit our Facebook page at facebook.com slash rick.moyer. Or facebook.com slash amy.moyer. And you can find us there. You can also go to our website, takehimwithyou.com. And there at the website, you can listen to past programs. And we have an archive there and tons of things to listen to and cool things and links to our friends and other podcasts Mm -hmm. and all that jazz. And if you would be so inclined... We could use your help financially. Uh, we do the podcast for free. It's, it's out there for free for everybody. Uh, but we we only get a certain amount of time to work on it because we have to try and find other jobs in our <laughs> multimedia business and g- gardening business and house chore business, all that kind of stuff to make money. So if you can help us with a donation, I do have the uh, domain coming up for Boyer Multimedia that needs to be renewed and all the different websites that I work on and stuff. And Plus, we just need some living expenses. So if you can help us out, that would be awesome. You can make donations on the page through PayPal, or you can just send us a check in the mail if you want to, to Moyer Multimedia, LLC. Thank you, by the way, in advance. And thank you to all those people that do uh, donate on a regular basis. We really, really appreciate you. Mm-hmm. So much. where are we? I think we're closing the pro- program now. Next week. Oh, next week. Oh, this is going to be fun. Mysteries of the Bible Part 3. Mysteries of the Bible. Mysteries of the Bible. 
Right. Be about dragons and dinosaurs in the Bible. Are the, dragons and dinosaurs? That's the name of the next one. Mm-hmm. Are they in the Bible? Mm. Mm. You'll have to tune in to find out. I think it's going to be a fun, fun podcast. Rawr, dinosaurs. So this week was a little bit heavy, but next week I promise you we'll have a lot of fun with. Dinosaurs it. are very heavy, if you ask me. But that's and dragons are okay. very heavy. How many dinosaurs and dragons have you ever put on a scale? They don't fit on a scale. They're too big. <laughs> you have to have a really big scale. Not unless, <coughs> and I'll bring this up next week, not unless you get a very baby dinosaur or dragon because the dinosaur Are we eggs, really getting into a debate about how to weigh a dinosaur? The dinosaur eggs that they found, the largest has only been about a foot now, big. And you wonder so why you we can... go on rabbit trails. <laughs> You could fit a baby dinosaur just hatched out of the, an egg on a scale. Maybe. We don't know. We've never seen a baby dinosaur except for Jurassic Park. La-da-da-da-da. La-da-da-da-da. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Spared no expense. I didn't really like Jurassic Park. Take Him With You is a Moyer Multimedia LLC production. Copyright 2011. All rights reserved. Even for dinosaurs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Time to make dinner. All right. See you next week, everybody. God bless. Are you done? I'm done. Don't you forget about me. My name's Al, and my wife Joyce and I are big Disneyland fans. In fact, we love the place so much we started a podcast dedicated to the happiest place on Earth. In our show, Tales from the Mouse House, we'll discuss some news and updates on the Disneyland Resort, reveal some amazing little-known gems we call hidden treasures, and we'll also review some of the rides and attractions that make the Disneyland Resort so much fun. And we'll review some places to satisfy your hunger attacks as well as offer up some tips and tricks we've picked up over the years that can help you get the most out of your Disneyland Resort vacation. So, after Rick and Amy have helped you along your spiritual path, check out Tales from the Mouse House in iTunes. And remember, make it a magical day. The Treks in Sci-Fi Podcast Stand by to receive our transmission.
sci-fi entertainment news and commentary. I am Locutus, a Borg. Star Trek episode analysis. Captain of the USS Enterprise. Pokey religions and ancient weapons. Collectibles, toy, and prop reviews. I am to misbehave. The weekly Treks in Sci-Fi podcast with your host Rico at treksinsci-fi.com. This is Jeff from Champ Podcast. After you finish listening to this excellent podcast, I invite you to come listen to ours. My co-host Jason and myself cover open wheel auto racing, focusing on Formula One and IndyCar. Each podcast we review the races, we talk about the drivers and teams, and all the news and rumors as well. So come give us a go. We can be found at www.champpodcast.com, that's with one P, or in iTunes, search Champ Podcast. Champ Podcast, the world's fastest podcast. Ah, taking with you with Rick and Amy. It's one of the best podcasts around, and we'd like to think maybe we could be a close second. We can only be a close second if you come and listen to us. Well, we talk about classic television and films from around the world. So, if you fancy listening to us waffle on, then please do join us. You can find us at waffleon.podbean.com or go to our favourite place in the world for podcasts. Well, maybe not yours, it's mine because I can't quite figure out any of the others. And that's iTunes. Just type in Waffle On Podcast. We'd be honoured if you join us. <laughs> 